Hello and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance Podcast. This is the podcast that brings you the greatest innovation change makers in the world of insurance and insure tech. We speak to innovation leaders from carriers and brokers. We speak to insure tech founders and C-suite executives. And we bring you all of the people that add value to that community, whether it be private equity, venture capitalists, or even people like organizational psychologists and thought leaders and futurists. We try really hard to bring you the most innovative people in the world of insurance on a global basis. So with that in mind, we'd love your support. So please like, share, follow or subscribe to wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Alex Bond. Welcome to the Leadership Insurance Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by FinPro. FinPro is a leading insurtech specialist recruitment business that operates on a global basis. We have delivered assignments across North America, throughout Europe and into Asia. We are super excited to speak to anyone who has some recruitment challenges that is either starting or scaling a business. And we're confident we can help you find the people to help you innovate the world of insurance one new hire at a time please visit our website, www.wearefinpro.com for more information. Good morning and welcome to the Leadership and Insurance podcast. I'm your host, Alex Bond, and I'm really lucky today to be joined by Robert from TensorFly. Uh, Robert is, uh, well, we were discussing this beforehand. He's had every role, but his current <laughs> role is uh, he, he is co-founder and he is currently Chief Product Officer. Um, that is the current title, but you were just explaining to me which jobs haven't you held within the business? Yeah, I, I was joking that every every role in the company I've done for for a while, right? Like initially, I was uh, coding everything, then then uh, the right people to cover that. I was selling, then some different people were doing that. Then I was doing marketing, some people to cover that, and now I'm on the role of product that I'm kind of uh, prioritizing where the product goes, and this actually requires understanding all of those aspects, so this is right, given given my experience, where kind of product needs to know a little bit of everything and prioritize and decide where uh, where are we going to go, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say to you about that, I, th- I think it's, it's really interesting that that's been the journey, because yeah, the best product people I know do know about sales. They do know about marketing. They do, yeah, they understand the kind of underlying you know, technology aspect, whether whether they come from a technical background or not. And I know that you do. Um, so yeah, that that kind of really broad view, and particularly the interaction between customers, is, is so important for product development. Yeah, um, because it's sometimes hard. Like, how are we prioritize? You know, improving attribute replacement value versus uh you know moving uh tasks management system how you prioritize and and how can you assign business value to both of those things which one is more important to do now and i think i have the right experience to have that type of decision mm-hmm. well before we dive into it because i've got loads of questions about product actually I, I i find it a fascinating area of the business so it'd be lovely um if you could introduce tensorflight what it is you guys do and and and, and what your offering is to the insurance industry sure so uh we we are um, working our core of our product is providing commercial property data right so you give us any building 
in your world and uh, we give you 20 building attributes, um, number of stories, construction type, uh, square footage, replacement cost, uh, occupancy type, uh, roof material condition, facade material condition, geometry. And basically uh, we want to, uh, you know, give information to insurers that they won't have to visit uh, almost any properties in your portfolio uh, the goal is to you know there there is um, you know the if people uh, ask us like what's the five-year vision for us it's that uh, commercial property insurance is fully automated that uh, you know underwriting it's all all done through straight through processing and it's going in that direction you see that there's a kind of commercial space got got jealous of residential space and said let's do the same that you know, everything goes online at least on the sme side but on the large commercial that's that's happening as well mm-hmm. uh, we kind of do a little bit of residential as well but uh, it's we kind of uh, prioritize this very list just because there's too many companies right like if you selling residential roof uh, material and condition based on new map i think there's 10 companies doing that right now right so it's uh, in us uh, so it's it's kind of we're staying away from that uh, that area uh, but uh, some some areas for example uh, you know, we have a good replacement cost estimator and some people are saying Hey, that could be useful on the residential side as a quick estimate when you don't have to go through CoreLogic very key to value, but you need to quicker instant value. Uh, that's estimated. That's also useful, right? So we may we may be working a little bit on residential as well, but uh, commercial is focused for us, just for the sake of of. Uh, uh, that's where we've seen opening five years ago, and that's where we've been working for funny five years basically. Yeah, and, and talk to me about the sort of practical aspect of how how is it done? How do you, how do you how do you deliver these values, this information? Sure. So you know, traditionally, you had a few ways of of getting property data, right? Like one is, uh, you know, you agree, you send an inspector, right? But it's uh, five hundred dollars uh, is estimate of of it's some some is much more for for inspecting larger properties, right? But if you Premium is few times that. It's like eating up inspection is eating up all your profits, right? So something maybe slightly less accurate, but uh, would would give you more more um, ROI, right? And then the second thing that came is just public records, right? Um, that's where traditionally CoreLogic is the late, largest prior where player where they just could go and aggregate all of the public records type of data what the counties have what's and and just sell it as a product but then you know they've done a great job with that but the problem is with underlying uh, public data right it's it still needs to be updated uh, over time and uh, because of uh, because of that it's it's uh, quite old in many areas in many areas you would have like whole county there's no public data at all or it's very hard to get right like first stories where you call sheriff and it sheriff sends you a cd with property data for that county right mm-hmm. or or a printout and you have to manually put it in into your system right so there are stories like that where data is kind of inconsistent old uh, with with uh, holes right 
and we base uh, base everything on vision. Uh, so we look at imagery uh, from all all kind of directions uh, you can see at the property and train machine learning models to predict those those attributes. Mm-hmm. And the kind of one difference between what you see in the market is that uh, you know there's everyone, there's so many companies looking at roofs, right? So how can you get this roofs attribute? which we also have, but that's not priority for us. For us, it's basically facades, right? Like everything except the roof, what kind of attributes can you extract uh, from that, right? So we're looking at uh, different different sources, uh, dash cams, different uh, free, uh, 360 ground imagery providers, uh, oblique imagery, right? Like all kind of, uh, you know, maybe satellite imagery, slightly angled shadows. So mm-hmm. how can you look at all of this? How can you get visual information on everything except proof and uh, provide, uh, extract it automatically mm-hmm. and provide it to customer? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Thank you for that. And, and so talk to me about, because you're, you're not from the insurance industry originally. You, yeah. I'm right. You started out internally at Microsoft. Sort of, you, you've got a software engineering background. Is that is that correct? And um, but then you is TensorFlight six and a half years old. Is that correct? It's quite been quite a while. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so what's I've always been fascinated about the origin story. Like every good Marvel uh, <laughs> nerd, um, you know what what was the kind of personal mission that led you and your co-founder to start the TensorFlight business? Yeah, sure. So, you know, actually, um, I worked uh, at insurance at Google. That's a funny story that they had small insurance product where we were doing, um, it was Google Compare. We were working, uh, for, I was working in that team for a year. So there is uh, basically commercial unit at Google that was suggesting your insurance. So, uh, you know, that was... Uh, um, you know, there's a niche entry uh, of Google into insurance. There's some kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, some some uh, signs they may enter insurance again, uh, but just based on people they're hiring, right? I'm not not saying anything. Uh, I would know uh, from not from public information, uh, right? Uh, and. Uh, uh, you know, uh, so so I, I was in that area. I also work for kind of quantitative hedge fund where, you know, it was on finance side where we were, you know, I seen the value of buying different data sets, how much data can be monetized. And, and basically what insurance is doing is, is very similar to trading stocks, basically, right? Like you have so many insurance backed securities like cut bonds. So it's same type of... Uh, same type of uh, basically insurance are doing the uh, and managing a portfolio, right? They're kind of like a investment firms in a lots of ways, right? And when we started TensorFlight, we kind of our first, actually for first uh, six months to a year, we weren't that much focused on insurance, right? We were working with, uh, we say we will do AI for aerial imagery. So we were working with, drones, satellites, and for insurance and other industries as well. Uh, like we, you know, I remember that's always funny story of counting turkeys for accounting firm because they that was hard problem for them, right? <laughs> uh, but um, 
you know that's that's um, uh, you know at some point you know investors advisors says you have a bunch of these different projects just pick one that uh, seems the most promising the most exciting uh, can provide the most value to the industry can can be the most interesting for you and given a few of, of uh, stuff we had, right? Like I work of this couple insurance product, uh, co-founders beginning of uh, work at Google Street View. So that's when we went in that direction because we had lots of experience in that area. Mm-hmm. And um, who are you within the insurance? Are you selling directly to underwriting teams? Do, do, do brokers show any interest? Who's, who's, who's buying this from you? Sure. Um, so, actually, the most uh, well. Firstly, I uh, most of the names can I can't mention direct names because sure. uh, there is uh, you know we've insurance industry will stopped exchanging business cards. We started exchanging NDAs when we meet each other. So yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, a lot of uh, we um, we we basically most of our stuff comes through API. Uh, so we have API where you can uh, plug in into TensorFlight and uh, you know get it into your system. And it's actually mostly larger insurers like top top 20, top 30, and we go into their uh, pl- pricing platforms. And there are a couple, you know, I would say two thirds is that type and one third is also API through different insurtechs where they do either uh, they have either some type of platform they do some type of additional analytics on top of that using our data Uh, right so so that's where we mostly uh, mostly are we kind of um, we are looking how can we uh, go of course expand our market because we think it's basically it's not just uh, you know Fortune 500 insurers and insurtechs that can uh, use our data. We've been uh, uh, that's uh, that's one one reason about some changes we mentioned that we were maybe too techy company and we didn't really uh, have good way of of attacking this uh, maybe more uh, more. Um, old school industry right like you can't wait for insurers to move to straight through processing online pricing quoting because it's still i think we're more integrated with most of that type of efforts in commercial insurance right now right so we're thinking how can we how can we uh, go after this larger market right like it's maybe we're you know discussing with some policy admin systems about official integration um you know, I'm I'm not sure if this is after, behind NDA right now, mm-hmm. but it's not official yet, so I can mention name. But there's not too many of policy admin system, right? So I guess you could uh, guess easily, uh, yeah. right? And um, another is like, how can we, uh, you know, maybe uh, improve some of the uh, get plugged in into into traditional Excel workflows more rather than wait about them moving into APIs, right? So that's another area where we look at. Mm-hmm. So talk to me about the um, founding team. You're obviously a co-founder um, and, the, and the sort of, how do you guys get to know each other? How does like, had you worked together before? Um, and then how do you get the business off the ground? You know, like it's, um, the ideas is great and the practical kind of launch is, 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 is another thing. 
Uh, sure. So uh, we've, um, you know, me and Zbigniew, we, we studied uh, computer science together uh, in Warsaw, Poland. Uh, and uh, there's very, very good technical education in, uh, in uh, Poland. It's like mm -hmm. we may not, uh, Poland may be not great about many, well, but computer science, we, we, we nail it very well. I'm not, not saying. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, I was, I was back in the Silicon Valley as being a force in London, and we were kind of a growing company for a couple months. And great thing about Silicon Valley is that you can get venture capital much, much easier than in Europe, I would say there, uh, you know, and, you know, we were pre-revenue product was barely working. We had some clients and, and we get uh, venture capital investment and, uh, you know, uh, the, the investors in Silicon Valley are much more investing into it. Do they like the market? Do they like the people at that stage in Europe? It's much harder to get get funding at that stage so we get you know 500k back from heavy ventures and you know given how far we've went uh, so she still didn't get roi but uh, you know uh, i think she made the right choice right and uh, uh, we've uh, we've uh, uh, yeah and then we uh, we had uh, you know went through boost vc accelerator we've uh, uh, then raised uh, the the one round led by FFVC Nefila, then the next round just a couple months ago with QB FFVC as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it's an interesting comment you made there about it's it's it's, it's easier to get um, capital, like easier to raise capital in Silicon Valley. Um, yeah. What's been your experience, kind of the different cultures of? of like venture in 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 maybe the US versus I don't know other parts of the world the UK um is there a willing is it they're, they're much more comfortable backing like the product market and people whereas basically I think do you think they're ready to, they're happy to jump in earlier generally speaking yeah yeah the the Silicon Valley uh, in particular is very risk tolerant comparing to to other uh, markets they uh and there's also a large amount of VCs, right? Like I think in, in Silicon Valley, it's probably a few times more VCs than everywhere else in the world combined, right? I, I think that's just my guess, but that's the feeling I have, right? Um, but we actually, you know, we stayed in Silicon Valley for a few years, but then we moved to New York. And just because... Uh, you know, there's not much insurance there, right? There is a great... Uh, you know, great plug-and-play um, tech event. Uh, kind of, we went for plug-and-play accelerator. It was really, really great. But mostly, um, there's mostly kind of innovation teams in there. But the real teams who are paying are are back in, you know, New York, Chicago, London, Bermuda, right? So we've we've. Uh, that's why we decided to move after a while but getting through that initial stages silicon valley is great yeah 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 very welcoming you like you definitely need that kind of startup culture i think um mm -hmm. and silicon valley obviously got that in spades um i wanted to ask you about the going back to the kind of something we started uh, before which was talking about the you know you're a product-led company right so you've come mm -hmm. up with product idea 
does that have any inherent challenges of being sort of tech first, product first when it comes to kind of developing and growing the business? I mean, we're we're becoming more uh, more uh, sales led or clients led over time, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's happening. That we're you know, um, I mean, product led. I'm I'm not like coming up with uh, idea and saying, okay, that's what we're doing. You know, our but uh, but we're uh, mostly just gathering information from customers, right? And and. And just product, uh, my role I see as prioritizing uh, which which requests for customers are are important, and uh, maybe some are, but mostly it's just it's just deciding what customers, uh, basically prioritizing between co- customers' requests and and uh, some infrastructure work. So if we uh, most of our attributes everything we added to a product it's uh it's kind of uh, almost we didn't came up ourselves but we had a few clients requested it and just based of what clients requested we we kind of did a rank each things we're doing about which clients wants it and what's the value and mm-hmm. and we just prioritize it based on on just those uh, those uh attributes right so we it's not like we're um you know we're sales-led company in a way for a while yes it's, it's interesting how close that relationship especially with those early adopter clients they're so important aren't they to so the product development process like that that relationship in, is so key um how do you kind of in your experience how do you develop those really good clear lines of communication with the client like how do you make that on a practical level, how do you kind of make sure you've got that really good feedback loop? Um, so, how do you, um, um, how do I uh, make sure I get really good feedback from clients? That's what what you mean. Or... Yeah, yeah. On a, on a practical level, because I think we talk about it a lot. Mm-hmm. But how do you, how do you kind of make sure those early clients are like feeding back into the sort of product development loop or? Mm-hmm. Yeah, on a practical level, what did you guys do to kind of make sure that happened? Um, I mean, we uh, we basically have a spreadsheet of a list of things we can do, and uh, and we uh, we have another spreadsheet saying who's paying and and uh, which attributes wants people who's paying and how much they can pay, and we mostly uh, assign to things we can do. How much revenue do you think this this uh, attribute will bring us in in uh, medium term and short term? And we decide that's how we prioritize our our development. Uh, so there's, you know, some are um, that's maybe seventy percent of development. Thirty percent are more, you know, fun things or things that can, um, you know, more on the on the uh, maybe. Uh, research type of stuff, uh, you know, or how can we uh, do something interesting? How can we move, uh, uh, you know, but actually, you know, some people, uh, lots of, especially those larger insurers, they're very technical. They they, they kind of uh, have great understanding where the industry is going. So we, we value their feedback very highly about where we want to go. Mm-hmm. 
So talking about the product, the 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 imagery, um, you, if I understand this right, TensorFlight is the, is the first company to provide prop, property data on demand. Mm-hmm. Also, the first to integrate these different imagery sources that we talked about at the start. How did you achieve that? Um, and and also interested about the kind of models of the data on demand versus maybe another kind of type of interaction. Um, so I appreciate that's a kind of two-part question. It's like, yeah, why, sure, did, sure. why did you go for data on demand? And then secondly, how did you manage to integrate these different imagery sources? Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, so, you know, when we were starting, um, you know, we've heard um, uh, that was the moment, you know, Cape Analytics just, you know, were, were already on the market. Mm-hmm. And there were stories that, uh, you know, they... I don't know how much true, but that's what we heard from the market. They raised a large round and spent half of that round just buying imagery from Nearmap, uh, right? And uh, on residential side, you almost are forced to do this because uh, you know uh, most of stuff goes through online quotes, and online quotes are like uh, you know you have five seconds latency limit. Um, for uh, or even less on on delivering the online quote, uh, mm-hmm. but on commercial side, uh, you know, even these online pricing platforms, they uh, sometimes have ten cents, ten seconds limit. So it's not like you're uh, you getting this uh, speed game in in uh, online quotes for for commercial. Even the online quoting platforms, they they ask more questions. So it's also kind of one of things of residential versus commercial. Almost in residential, you you have to return data in, in less than three, five seconds. So you have to pre-analyze the, the imagery. But on commercial, you can do it on demand. And if you do it on demand, then firstly, cheaper, because you only pay exactly for what you need. And data is fresher, right? Because you're... Uh, returning exactly uh, the best what can be delivered at this very point uh, of, of quote, right? And um, you know, there's pricing platforms, there's uh, online quoting in commercial, are longer questionnaires, more questions, there uh, it's slower, so so 30 seconds waiting time per property or or 15 seconds waiting time is less of an issue, right? So I think this is one of uh, actually lots of differences about our company right like one is this online uh, processing another one is facade is just difference between residential versus commercial right Mm -hmm. like also like in residential most of uh, risk is in the roof right so that's why you don't really need as much facades right while on commercial it's more in whole structure so that's why you need um, more than just the roof Mm. There seems to be so much opportunity um, here because, like, artificial intelligence, computer vision is significantly sort of improving on this, like, manual, as you said, that's a very manual process. Now, I mean, I used to work on the claim side and, and mm. we were talking about the kind of inspection process and the cost and it's inefficient. Um, mm. How do you think the industry will evolve in the next kind of three to five years in this sort of area? And, and, yeah, what are the other kind of what you see as like really much needed automations in the space? Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, we we are working with uh, claims automation on on the cut side as well after hurricanes, um, tornadoes. So provide quick estimates of of uh, uh, 
uh, of uh, this uh, damages. Mm -hmm. Basically, all things that need speed and scale, because if you have niche decision making, that's you know you're underwriting. Uh, I don't know some stadium. There's just you know all things that where you have large scale can be and will be automated, but things that are require lots of uh, deliberation, lots of thought, lots of uh, um, in in person inspections, looking closely at the property. That's that's uh, won't be um, you know, only those mass things, right? Even on the claim side, I've seen people. Um, doing claims with from cell phone photos right so definitely more of that uh, uh, just bringing costs down by uh, by getting um, images right so on, on the commercial side we also heard people of how can we source images better for for our computer vision model so there are always uh, thoughts about getting data from customers but that's uh, really nothing happening in that area so basically to summarize, uh, just this specialized things will remain specialized, but uh, everything that's on the mass scale, right? So especially whole SME insurance on, on property will get uh, automated, right? Like same auto is getting fully automated as well, right? Like tractable when we came out has been a great hit and now I've, here like five or ten uh, tractable like companies right mm -hmm. um on on um most of customer insurance will be get automated as well right just uh, you don't have time to look at it only uh, only uh, largest commercial and for this largest commercial largest structure in the portfolio right um even uh, you know we've we've uh, we automating large and larger structures for for uh so only what the role of underwriter will will be is that they will come in and look at the quote or or all data pre-populated by company like ours the internal systems hopefully it will be us and they just fiddle a little bit with uh, with attributes to to come up with uh, with uh different uh, end answer because you know quality of data on, on commercial insurance in large commercial is, is so horrible right now we've seen large companies when they underwritten a multi even hundreds of millions of dollars of building and their replacement cost was 10 times off right so they think it was uh, you know hundred millions dollar structure by those billion dollar structure and obviously if you have errors like that your insurance rate is going to be wildly off but mm. that's how the insurance uh, actually uh, you know machines have uh, have uh, one advantage they're not just faster and cheaper and and eventually can be more accurate but they're also more trustable that they want like uh, you know they will get the job done no matter what right they won't skip it because well we're in a hurry yeah 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 or they're tired or hung over or <laughs> What's yeah, yeah it's funny the story you hear about uh, lloyd's market <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know i know I, I like the way we talked about being hung over and we, we both both our heads went straight to lloyd's um, <laughs> but um, i was gonna say does that does that what we're saying here does that kind of lend that's the biggest challenge right for getting this stuff over the line the automation mm -hmm. the stuff is 
have you come up against that? Do you think there's a cultural resistance still to some of this? And has that changed? Because you've now been doing this quite a long time. So mm-hmm. was there more cultural resistance? Is there more acceptance that this is the way that things have to be done now? Um, I mean, there is, uh, um, if there were, I think that's uh, one of the reasons, uh, if I think the biggest reason why we're not like, hundreds of million dollars company yet is probably that cultural resistance in insurance industry like if it was my guess that that, you know we were hoping the insurance industry will uh, because we've uh, we have great great feedback from the market from companies that are using it that it's working gives them great value but we didn't crack how to how to get into the whole industry as a whole yet right we've seen uh, and there are a few larger companies have pricing platforms we get great feedback from those pl- pricing platforms they say everything work which is so much better now but as a cool example for one company but the most of the business is still on the old school way and we're uh, you know we process uh, you know close to 10 million properties every year but you are a few hundred K in our pipeline. And, you know, this year, a few hundred K next year, a few hundred, hundred K more, hundred K more every year. Right. And uh, so there are stories like that. We have a few companies we're working with from the insurance industry. Right. It's just that. And it's not like the Our solution is slowly growing, but this kind of modern automated pricing platform is growing within the company. Right. So we've seen the uh the industry is and i think everyone's like oh yeah yeah what you do is a future of insurance but i'll just we'll do this next year we'll keep exchanging spreadsheets for one more year uh right you have this type of thinking so we we just kind of have to uh figure out more how can we get into this old school pricing platforms and and that's involves you know getting into maybe doing less of the that's kind of one of mistakes i think we've made in the past that we always were data company we're solving hard hard problem of properties but you know uh, fiddling with spreadsheets it's probably not our area but maybe we we should go in some of those areas mm-hmm. thank you um yeah no it's it, it's interesting to hear about those challenges because it's it's a common it's a common issue i mean like there's a there's a great uh, friend of mine who runs an insurtech, which is, you know, mm-hmm. sadly kind of probably winding up a little bit. And, and everywhere that they tested, um, they ran projects and pilots and, and they got a few clients and their clients were like, this is brilliant. Um, mm-hmm. and, and essentially they said, you're right, but you're early. And, and, and that's, that's the challenge, right, as well, is, is, is you've got to hit that cultural point where people shift towards accepting and buying you know products and services that are changing the way that things are done so that's that is a big challenge um so um just conscious of time actually robert but um really appreciate all the time you spent with me what's um what's ahead for the rest of the year um that you can talk about appreciate some that you might be able to talk about is it is there any kind of product developments that you'll be releasing that you can you can talk about or or different geographies you're going into what's what's the focus for the rest of the year Sure. So we're working through our roadmap. Uh, it's not uh, fully uh, set in stone uh, yet, uh, but uh, 
Yeah. Uh, definitely, um, you know, we we've seen a lot of uh, uh, interest in in uh, some flammable materials. So we are improving our ACP panels, models, uh, and different different facade materials. Uh, so that's been a few customers gave that great feedback that actually the famous London fire that I think the largest fire in UK in, in last couple of years was just caused by ACP panels, right? So if we can find all of those in your portfolio, that's huge saving. Yes. So vegetation, uh, defensible space and the UI index, uh, just finding uh, this kind of uh, information around uh, more of the roof condition. So right now we have a few free classes mm -hmm. of roof condition, but customers say, I think we like, uh, you know, segmentation, what type of damage it is on the roof. Um, I know for uh, for what is it? Uh, so define type of a damage and annotate it. Uh, so for uh, you know we we have, I would say best in market uh, square footage estimation right now, right? So it's not like uh, square foot in a way that we look at the building, we look at vision parameters, and we uh, estimate square footage, right? And one of ways of improve that is. You know, we're running off problems with garages, attics, and so on, right? So handle those better, uh, this kind of garages, attics, basements, uh, type of uh, uh, improve, another improve of a number of stories, quality of finishes, um, uh, construction type, mm -hmm. uh, improve uh, different categories, um, you know, get uh, more into 3D models, obliques, uh, get some external data providers, of course, geocoding. We always, you know, have it high on, uh, on, on our list. Uh, um, you know, new, uh, new, of course, improve scalability as with, uh, you know, with uh, 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 getting in the stages that we, uh, you know, we can uh, processing millions of properties, millions of requests per, per year, then, then it's like uh, our old way of doing things and it's need some change. Um, have more uh, UX of web portal as well. And um, uh, we're looking at this, uh, this uh, you know, how can we uh, get plugged in into the spreadsheets workflows, all right? Like how can we, you know, make, because we see, you know, we're mostly working with API, but we see that 90% of the market is on Excel spreadsheets. And, uh, you know, 90% of our workflow is on, a on API uh, flow, and that's 10% of insurance. So how can we get her, bet get her into that, um, uh, into that um, Excel workflow, yeah. have, uh, you know, integration with some, uh, with some um, basically um, uh, policy admin system. So that's always the question. How can we, um, you know, make it easier for for whole insurance to use it, not just the highest technical, technologically sophisticated players, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, integration is the uh, is the devil yeah. in, in in making it work. And uh, yeah, it's. Uh, usually people have got two or three uh, product updates but that's that that's a hell of a list so you're, you're gonna be a very busy man for the rest of the year so um it's it's i really really do appreciate you taking time to be part of the podcast and um we always want to kind of uh 
give someone uh, the opportunity to shout out. So where's the best place to uh, contact yourself or, or the business if, if we've got some interested parties out there? LinkedIn, uh, website, or what's the best route? So usually it's uh, just email address, uh, contact at tensorfly.com. Uh, or, or you go to a website, there's a way of signing up for email list. But mm -hmm. if you have a question, just contact at TensorFlight. So you know, I, I hope you, uh, you, know, um, you or any people listening, I, I kind of, uh, we're, we're open to any type of collaboration. We're um, you know, down to earth people. We're, we're happy to work with, with everyone. We're, I, I hope uh, we're, we're likable. So, you know, um, so I'm, I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to working with you. You're definitely likable. I met you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's not a great thing to say about. No, I, I, I met your, uh, I met your co-founder in a bar. Short <laughs> insights. So, um, but uh, and, uh, Robert, really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, and um, appreciate you being a guest on the podcast. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. As always, this podcast is brought to you by FinPro Search Partners, often simply known as FinPro. FinPro is an executive recruitment business working in the insurance and insure tech space on an international basis. If you would like to find out more about FinPro, please visit our website, www.wearefinpro.com or our FinPro company page on LinkedIn. I've been your host, Alex Bond, and I would personally love to connect with anyone who is interested in the changing world of insurance. So feel free to reach out to me directly, um, either on LinkedIn or via my email, uh, alex at wearefinpro.com. I hope you enjoyed the podcast, and I hope to see you back next week. Thank you.